This podcast is for adults only. Content covers BDSM, kink, fetish, and adult sexuality. This type of content may be triggering for some, and we urge you to put your mental health first when considering if it's suitable for you. All activities discussed on this podcast are between enthusiastically consenting adults. BDSM and kink activities carry safety risks, and we do not endorse activities mentioned on this podcast as right for your personal circumstances. We recommend self-education and engagement with community as appropriate ways to begin your real-world kink journey after you finish listening to this podcast. This is your extreme cheesiness warning. We are very cheesy people, and if you're not comfortable with that, this podcast is not for you. Hey Oz, which kind of cheese do you use to disguise a small horse? I don't know. Which cheese? Mascarpone! Welcome to Help I Think I'm Kinky. I'm Oz. And I'm Prez. We're Australian lifestyle kinksters and along with our kinky friends, we're here to help you get started on your kinky journey. In this first season of Help I Think I'm Kinky, our goal is to help promote kink-aware inspiration, education and a sense of community. We share a variety of perspectives and voices and some of the conversations that happen behind closed doors. We had some interesting feedback and comments coming into us in relation to last week's episode, which addressed approaching others for kinky play. If you haven't yet had the chance to listen to this, it's full of great starting points for reaching out to people. One thing we wanted to highlight is to remember that there isn't a shortcut. It might sound easy, but developing the relationships and experiences that we and our kinky travellers described took place over a period of years. It will take effort and involve expanding your comfort zone. Making friends and building rapport and connections in the scene is a valuable step towards meeting potential play partners. And look, if there was a shortcut, we'd be doing it. We'd all be doing it. Consider carefully how you present yourself in your online profile. Focus on what you offer versus what you want. One thing that will help you identify what you are offering in your kink play with others is by creating your kinky superhero picture. Find or create an image that captures your inner kinky superhero and add descriptions of your skills, values, and then share it so we can appreciate how marvelous it really is. This week, there was a fabulous full-color kinky superhero that exuded kinky confidence with capital K's. We'll be looking out for these and sharing as many as we can via our Instagram page. Help, I think I'm kinky, all one word. Simply share and tag us so we can see your creations. All aboard! Our kinky travel companions are back to share their experiences about times when things went well. They'll be back later to discuss times when things didn't go to plan. My name is... Pretty please. My name is Rose. I use the pronouns she and her. I'm Man. I'm he, him. I'm 31. My job is basically maths and spreadsheets. That's as much info as I'll give. Um, I am 32 and I work in healthcare. I am 22 
And my occupation is a student with way too many part-time jobs. Hi, I am Kitty. Uh, my pronouns are she, uh, her. I'm 29 years old and I work as a nurse. Nancy Lixit, she, her, 38, creator of Smut. Hi, I am Sen and I am Susan Death XO on FetLife. My pronouns are she and her. I'm in my late 20s and I am a full-time student. I've met heaps of really wonderful people through FetLife. So probably like establishing relationships that are both, you know, like my close friendships that we get along in the kink. You know, we have that common interest of kink, but we also get along on a day-to-day kind of you know, we've become really good friends. That's, you know, really positive for me. And the play that, you know, I've experienced through those kind of dynamics as well and friendships. Um, And secondly, but probably I should have said it first, (laughs) learning that two submissive people can make a relationship work, being open to that uh, has created something very special in my life. Um, Yeah. There had been a takedown workshop the afternoon before a play evening but the start of the night me and the person i was doing stuff with back then we started seeing it was going to be like takedown restrain um attach it to a cross and then figure it out from there some time later i finally get her pinned down and i got cuffs on her pull her over attach her to the cross turn around to grab something else about three seconds later, I turn around to find a brat standing, beaming at me, hands completely free after she'd pulled them out of the cuffs. Just Now, as I said, this was early in the night, so literally there were about 30 people doing nothing but watching our scene. <laughs> so my response was, fall to the ground, laugh my ass off, <laughs> because there, <laughs> there's nothing else to do. <laughs> just joined the crowd in, in laughing. And after about a minute of that, okay, pick up, get her back in the cuffs, cheat, and then move on with the scene. Like, the reason that's such a memorable experience of why I think it's a good story is, you know, stuff can go wrong and doesn't matter. I'm really into, like, texting, like, online play. Uh, And he was away for work and um, he was just messaging me and telling me what to do and it it was like the whole day and it was just it was so freaking good and I just remember um because it was we were sending like voice messages um and I was sending him some videos and stuff and um at one point he said that I could play with myself but only for 30 seconds (laughs) and I just remember I did it I was a good girl I did it and I stopped at 30 seconds and I was very mad. <laughs> and um, I just remember sending him a message being like, you're so mean. <laughs> but it was just such a good experience. And then, you know, that day I also wore, and I'll never do this again, I wore a glass butt plug up the street with no underwear on. Oh, talk about stressful, but it was like just the feelings that it it gave me was it was so much fun. I really enjoyed it. I've had more positive than negative, which is why my hesitation is to feel like which is the one. Well, I was at a party on the weekend and I ended up with a peg on my tongue, which I've never done before and was 
excited to do, hesitant because I have a friend who hates them and says they're awful. And I was like, well, I tend to like the awful stuff, but what if it's not this one? And yeah, I loved it. It was very exciting and um, yeah, just I love it when I find new places to feel pain and new kinks to explore. I have been very much into pain or for like ever. My definition of that is painful anal, like the like watching pain or porn. I never really perceived myself to be someone to do that for multiple reasons. Like, can I find somebody who is going to be able to take care of me? Can I trust that this person will stop if I need them to? Will I even like it? Um, but it's something that I spoke to with my dom, spoke about with my dom, and we had been talking about it quite a lot, and said, "Oh, this is something we could do." talk through what would happen if it didn't go well, blah, 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 all these sort of things that are really important. Um, And during an experience a few months ago, it would have been now, um, we didn't need to communicate to each other verbally that this was happening. It just occurred and it felt really good to be able to look at this person and know that everything was okay I was able to trust them to stop if I needed them to and it was – the pain was awesome <laughs> but it was also really like important to have that realisation that this person is incredibly trustworthy and it was just a really good experience for that reason. I mean all of my kink experiences are positive, um, all of them. I mean I took a boy – I don't know, I, I talk about this a lot with people who, who know me – um, but I took a boy into what I like to call devil mummy domland. And I took him in there for two days and it was like a birthday celebration. And some of the things that we experienced together were just so magical and so real and so perfect and trauma healing and loving and beautiful. I think that probably is one of my favorites right now. <laughs> It really is satisfying hearing people talk about their fun, kinky moments. Each of these stories is such a joy to listen to. It makes me think about all the good times that I've had in the scene. I think the standout positive moments for me have been the things that have either worked the way I planned or the things that have turned out even better. For example, I still remember playing with Uprez very early on and having picked out a playlist for a scene we were doing, then... I made you listen to it a couple of days later as a task. To this day, one of our kink motivational songs that we listen to before an event comes from that very playlist. So beautiful to have shared this experience with you. Mm, I love linking music with physical experiences. I remember listening to that playlist walking down the street after that scene and my body was just tingling all over. I dare say I was salivating. It really linked into that own submissive mindset and that subtle control, which I love. Good job, Oz. (laughs) (laughs) I also agree with Nancy. You know, from my experience, um, those kink playtimes that we've had, they're all positives for me because they connect with a really core part of who I am. They connect with my creativity, the deep desires that I have. They're fun and they allow me to engage uh, with a really primal aspect of my humanity and my sexuality. 
They're all opportunities to learn and build confidence even when things don't go to plan, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, I always get a buzz from looking at past scenes that we've done, talking to friends about these experiences, making plans for future adventures. Mm, so good. <laughs> I love watching your evolution and you stepping into your power and growing. Um, listening to our kinky companions, I can really relate to the excitement of trying new sensations. It's something I'm pretty obsessed with and it's the reason I'm always bringing home new kinky toys and pervertibles. Um, Man's story about stepping back and laughing reminds me of one of my favourite kink scene experiences with you. It was a public impact play scene and after every strike I had to give a gratitude statement about you and if my gratitude wasn't up to scratch there would be a punishment and many of them weren't because you know when I was being hit it was very hard <laughs> to think straight. So towards the end I was on the ground kneeling and you pulled my head back and I was in a world of hurt and you were right in my ear and telling me that the last strike was coming and I had to give you the best gratitude or I'd get extra strikes. Anyway, you hit me. So I I thought about it really hard and I had this thing all built up in my head that I was going to compliment you from head to toe in a really detailed way so that you would be really satisfied with my gratitude and I wouldn't get any more strikes and the scene would end beautifully and you'd tell me I was a good girl and all of those things and yep totally under control you hit me so hard that everything just flew out of my mind (laughs) and when you grabbed my hair and pulled my head back and said what are you grateful for all it came out was I'm grateful that was the last strike (laughs) (laughs) and we just both cracked up laughing oh that was so (laughs) much fun I think uh, what ultimately stands out for me are the feelings associated with the play, the memories, the ongoing connections with people that we've developed. You know, these people who I really, really value. Mm, Same here. And I often think about how kink has expanded my definition of what can be possible in friendships. Some of what we share with our friends definitely goes outside mononormative culture in terms of things that people might feel could only exist within a monogamous couple dynamic. Uh, For example, I was really nervous at first about seeing you play publicly with other people. It's a very intimate activity. Uh, But what's grown out of that are some incredibly close, trusting and caring friendships and shared scenes that we've done with friends are now some of my favourite memories of all. And Oz, yes, are we going to talk about Devil Mummy Domland? <laughs> <laughs> All I know is that I'm sure that the rides sound great and that there's an awesome gift shop at the end. <laughs> we are now going to hear from our kinky companions who are going to share with us some of the, the times that things have not gone entirely to plan. So I recently had a scene and it was like a flogging, whipping scene that we'd been planning for a while and I got really cold and uncomfortable and it was not anything to do with what was happening in the scene and um, I got a bit emotionally overwhelmed, which is unusual for my scenes and yeah, we just had to take a pause um check in with each other move on to some other things that we were planning and just it's it wasn't really a sidetracking it was more just okay it wasn't the original plan but 
that doesn't mean we can't keep having some fun. This will require me going a little bit into hypnokink stuff. So one of the standard things you can do with that is freeze someone in place on command. So it's like you say, freeze, they can't move. And, you know, it's a standard um, suggestion for that. And I've been doing it for with heaps of people online for years. And one thing I'd always known, but, you know, you take for granted, is that everyone I've done stuff with online is like, super into hypnokink already they were already into it they'd already probably done stuff before so you know it just works a couple months ago i tried that with someone i was messing around with a bit and it just didn't work so it's like huh interesting what else can we do instead because you know one of the skills of topping with lots of things is you know you adapt you don't try and force something someone into something that doesn't work for them. So it's like, okay, well, what if we tried instead of making you unable to move is just kind of make you just ragdoll, essentially. And that worked with this person. So that kind of stood in my mind a bit. And about a couple of weeks ago, I was doing stuff again with this new person. And we ran into the same situation. I tried to set up the freeze suggestion and it just didn't take with her okay last time this happened i tried the ragdoll flop suggestion of you know and that worked so i went hmm you know what i set this up with a losing control of your limbs and muscles and stuff so what if i try reconstructing that freeze in place suggestion with that language that's two situations where something didn't work as planned and you know the Response was, okay, work around it, adapt, and then just figure out what you can do instead. There's kind of two memories that stick out in my mind, and one was when I got a bit excited um, by, you know, the purchase of my first, um, well, I got a couple of canes, and just going way too hard with canes on my first play session. Um, It was... It was pretty horrific. Um, I was barely able to walk afterwards. Um, And that was the night where I learned that I need my partner or my play partner to stay the night with me after after heavy impact. Um, My play partner at the time actually had to come back um, from his house um, because I needed extra help. But we both learned from that experience. So it ended up kind of turning into a positive thing. At one time I played with my sub, like I uh, said earlier, um, you know, we, we do a whole thing, like we book an Airbnb and we go there and like we're both, we both have busy lives as well. He's got a partner as well. So like, um, you know, we both have busy lives. We both work. I thought it would be okay. <laughs> I had a morning shift and then I drove straight to the Airbnb after that. So I didn't really have time to unwind or anything. I got there, we started playing, like we were having a good time and then um, we wanted to try doing some rope stuff because um, I hadn't tied him before. And um, I started doing some stuff and uh, I just got really, like, anxious about it. And then because it had been a very long day, I had a hard shift at work. I just sort of – he was blindfolded and his hands were cuffed at this point and I was tying his legs. And I just sort of did a loop, undid a loop, did a loop, undid a loop. And I just sat there for a minute – and I felt like I was going to burst into tears. Uh, I did have the, the thought, I was like, I said to him, like, I need to stop. 
and we did. We stopped. I untied him, and we just cuddled for a while. Um, it was really good. But I like, I knew going into that session that I wasn't in the right headspace to go into that session, and I should have just said, "Can we just like chill?" Like I like you know doing. We could have done a, a much more mild session. You know, we've got cuffs and chains and stuff. I could have chained him and left him on the floor and watched a movie like it could have been a lot easier uh like emotionally for me yeah so I learned from that so we don't play after I've done work now (laughs) which is good there have been a few times where things didn't go to plan and it wasn't necessarily a matter of like safety or something has gone wrong like physically or anything but there have been a few times where we've planned something and as the day has arrived, I've just not been there mentally at all. And I think that it's really important to be able to take a step back and say, I'm not in a good place. Playing and doing impact and like painful things, is this actually something that I'm doing for myself in a positive way or is it a way of harming myself? And yeah, I think that those times are times that things haven't gone to plan but it's been something I've been able to communicate to my dom and say hey dude like (laughs) I'm really not feeling very well and his response is to stop and that's fantastic and what should happen I mean I'm a Virgo nothing doesn't go to plan I've not had a time where it's gone not gone to plan I plan everything down to the details I did play a game with a boy once uh, where I was definitely too tall for the strap that I was wearing and his position on his knees and we had to involve chairs and like different different kind of like adjustments to his position so that we could get into the game properly. But maybe. (laughs) I often dress up when I'm doing my, my dom thing and I have thigh high boots, um, with a seven inch heel and they're amazing. Um, but as we'd, we'd literally just started our session. Um, I just blindfolded him, gagged him, and I was just about to start tying him up. And I just went down. And we were on, um, like, hardwood floors. It was so loud. And he was blindfolded. I think he just thought I might have dropped something because he didn't really react. And I stood up and then I pissed myself laughing. I had to tell him, like, I just fell over and it was so funny. So the other time was a time where I was responsible for not communicating my needs. I was in a space where I really needed connection um, and the play that ensued was the opposite of what I was needing because I love CNC And I told my partner that, you know, if I say no, that's okay. I love, I love CNC. He would have thought that I was happy with being pushed into a consensual non-consent kind of headspace. Me saying no, me pushing him away. They're all things that I've told him that I love and to keep pushing me because I like being pushed into that space. It sends me into a very quiet, happy space. Um, But unfortunately, I needed connection and I said nothing. I wanted something affectionate and something loving and kind of to be worshipped after he'd been with um, another partner. So what he thought he was giving me was my CNC happy place 
and it wasn't actually my CNC happy place. And I created a horrible situation for the both of us and it severely affected my partner's confidence for months Um, and it was a really big setback. We were establishing something new and, yeah, I failed. I failed him that night Um, and now – you know, I've promised him that I will use, we have a safe word and I will use that word. And now I know to communicate when I need, um, when I need closeness. So if he's ever with another partner, the next time we see each other is about connection. It's never going to be CNC or impact. You have to learn from every experience. I think, I think you learn a lot from, you know, positives and negative experiences. These shared experiences remind me of the saying, good experiences make good memories and bad experiences make good lessons. Our kinky companions are constantly reflecting and learning. As their stories illustrate, Oz, planning can be big picture um, or it can be really detailed in the pre-negotiation, but there are always things that come up that are unexpected. And Often this is because what's happening in play is intended to provoke physical reactions and sensations and create particular emotional states. We don't know exactly how we're going to react. We're human. And that's also part of the excitement of the experience. Um, I do a lot of yoga and in yoga it's always highlighted that we come to the mat differently every time we practice. It's the same in kink. We need to be aware of how we are feeling in ourselves on any given day and communicate this no matter if we are the top or the bottom in the scene. Um, Adapting rather than sticking rigidly to a plan is something that really stood out in our kinky friend's stories. Sometimes you need to grab a chair or maybe just instead of going for impact play, you ask for a cuddle. Uh, For me, it was that message around communication, communication, communication. That is really the big uh, thing that stood out to me in what uh, these people were saying in their stories. Discussing safe words is really important. Um, you know, many people use things like the traffic light system, green for everything being okay, keep playing amber or yellow from when there's a need to pause and check in and red for when there's a need to urgently stop. But uh, from Rose's story, we heard that uh, the safe words or the traffic lights are no good if we don't actually use them. So it's not just agreeing to use them at the beginning of the scene. It's really important that tops... Uh, make sure that there's a culture of play where the communication element is absolutely essential and expected. So make sure this is part of the game if you need to. Show those that you're playing with that you expect them to communicate to you during play. Take initiative and preempt that many bottoms, especially those with very little play experience, are not used to communicating and may even be afraid to speak up. Uh, I guess my advice for bottoms is to speak up and know your safe words, and practice using them. Practice using them over and over again in the scenes that you do. So, Oz, uh, what's an example of a time when things didn't go to plan for you? You and I were at a rope event about a year ago and I remember we were trying to do this very specific bondage tie that I had in mind. Although on the day, for some reason, nothing seemed to be going right. The longer I kept trying to get things the way I wanted, the more frustrated I was getting, the more my attention was, you know, turning from our connection together in the space to the things that weren't working properly. I remember feeling that, you know, 
right down in the pit of my stomach, nothing was okay. And I felt that others were watching and everything was falling apart. I've never called Red as a top in the scene, but that would have been the closest that I've come to it. It was extremely confronting. And I remember saying that I needed to stop and take a break because of how I was feeling. And like the wonderful partner that you are, Prez, you're really supportive and reassuring. And luckily we tried something different after a bit of a break and it felt good to just have a positive experience at the end of play. Otherwise, I think my confidence would have been pretty low. Um, is there a time when, you know, you felt things didn't go to plan that you'd like to share, Prez? There have been lots of times. And fortunately, there's been good pre-negotiation and good scene in and good in-scene communication, which allowed me to express that and for the scene to adapt accordingly. I remember an early scene we did where I was bound to a chair and the scene was one around sensory overwhelm with sound and sensations and suddenly I started feeling like I couldn't get enough air. I communicated this to you and you immediately stopped and checked the rope and my collar to make sure my breathing wasn't restricted. Once you confirmed that there were no issues there, you tried calling me down with water to drink and ice on my body, which helped. And then you opened up the windows to get more air flowing around the room. You spoke to me the whole time, letting me know what you were doing and reminding me that there wasn't anything restricting my breathing and that kept me calm and I didn't panic. I soon felt better and then was okay to resume the scene. What would you do uh, as a bottom in a scene to develop a better sense of what feelings or sensations are or are not okay? This is, this is something I'm passionate about, being an empowered bottom. I think it's essential. Don't ever turn up and say, you can do whatever you want to me or teach me everything. As a bottom, you're potentially putting yourself in danger and also it's a huge responsibility for a top to carry you in this way. You're a partner in the play. You need to see it that way. That means self-educating as much as possible. So for me, I... Um, do a lot of that. I've been attending rope classes for years. I read stacks of books. I read blog posts and FetLife discussions. I listen to podcasts on specific types of play. I go to Skillshares both in person and online regularly. And I ask questions of people experienced in the type of play I'm curious about. And usually they're really happy to answer. I've done and I continue to do lots of self-education and training so I support myself and anyone I'm playing with to have the best possible experience. And it's fine and a lot of fun to practice or lab different kinds of play before doing them. And as we were reminded by our kinky friends, it's also not necessary to go really hard at any type of play on the first experience. It won't be the last chance that you get. Um, all of this is how I develop my own risk profile. I learn what is and isn't okay for me and how and when to communicate. It gives me a lot more confidence to do that. And it also massively reduces the guesswork for my top. And uh, while it's, I think, assumed in what you're saying there, Prez, I think we also need to be really explicit about this. Tops, you really need to self-educate around what can go wrong in the scenes that you're planning. The most precious thing that you have uh, in any scene that you do is the bottom who's putting their physical, emotional, psychological safety in your hands. If you're not prepared to treat this gift with the respect and value it deserves, then really you shouldn't be topping. If a bottom asks you questions about safety in a scene, about the equipment that you're going to use, your experience, etc., 
They're not trying to destroy your ego. They are putting their well-being in your care. You know, encourage questioning. Demonstrate that you have their safety um, first and foremost in the scene and you have your equipment at the ready in case things go wrong. If you make a mistake, don't be afraid to own it with respect and humility. If there's an emergency, respond to it accordingly. If play can continue but differently and the bottom is okay to do so, then move to plan B, C or D. Yeah, always have have something that you can pivot to. That's a wrap for today's journey, Kinky Superheroes. In our next episode, we will continue the focus from today and spend time exploring how best to stay safe in our kink play. Follow us on Instagram at help I think I'm kinky, one word, to see and share kinky superhero images and to stay up to date with future episodes. Like and follow on your podcast player so you don't miss an episode and please leave us a glowing review. Thanks again for joining us and remember... Follow your kinky heart... But take your brain with you.